When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether you're in North or South Carolina or anywhere else in the world, enter the Cat Cave to listen to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast as a part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network where you can find shows like Embrace, Debate, and Inside the Vault, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. Thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. As you know, I am Ryan Frick, joined by our new permanent co-host, Shannon Smith. Shannon, what's up, bud? How's everything? Everything is good, man. Let's talk about this bye week and what we can expect out of the Carolina Panthers in the upcoming future. That's it, man. Uh, listen, like you said, we were the Carolina Panthers were on a bye this past week, so... Uh, you know, the good news is they're not 0-7, uh, but we definitely had some things ha- happen in the NFL. We had a couple of one-win teams get big wins over some pretty good teams in the Patriots uh, t- taking down the Bills. Uh, you had a, a beatdown by the Ravens against the Lions. Uh, you had a Minnesota Vikings team that could not get it going on defense. Knock off your 49ers, man. Like, just listen, I... I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist here, but if you look at the number of really bad teams that lost over the weekend and you go back and watch the officiating, the Eagles over the, over the, the Dolphins was some of the most egregious officiating yes. that I've seen in quite some time. Same thing. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to be a homer with the Lions and, Dol- and, and the Lions and the Ravens, but it's kind of hard to get after Lamar Jackson when you're getting held on every play and the yeah. referees aren't calling it. Absolutely. Am I wrong? Am, am I right? Absolutely, man. I saw some of the same things as well, too. I mean, you know, keeping it interesting, I get it, but not to the point where everybody's like seeing things that are obvious, you know, call the game fair. I know being a ref is very, very hard, but if you're calling consistent calls, I'll take that all day long, but inconsistent calling, not so much. Yeah, listen, as the Panthers were on a bye, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFC South as a whole to start off the show this week. Because we did have a showdown with the two top teams in the NFC South this past weekend in the Falcons taking on the Bucks, I got to give credit where credit's due. Michael Davis, preseason, said that if there was a team that the Panthers needed to worry about in the NFC South, it would not be the Saints. It would be the Falcons. And we, so didn't, believe, and we no, didn't believe it. Didn't. I, I especially <laughs> didn't think we had anything to worry about with the Bucks. Exactly. We're going to talk about the NFC South, and we're going to we're going to go through each team in the South uh, to sort of see where the Panthers stand, and, and we're, we're going to have a discussion on whether or not we think the Carolina Panthers have a chance to come back because the first place team in the NFC South are the Atlanta Falcons, but they're sitting on three losses. I I, I think I went on record to say that I didn't think Desmond Ritter was the answer. Dude's got sixteen hundred and thirty yards passing, I believe. The Falcons, if I'm not mistaken, are 17th in the league in passing yards. So middle of the pack. 
Uh, what have you seen from the Falcons so far this year the, that would lead you to believe that they could continue this? Um, or do you think that it's sort of like early, early season jitters for everybody else and eventually the P- Falcons are going to come sort of back down to earth here going going uh, forward in the, in the season? Now, in my opinion, I believe the Offensive Rookie of the Year resides in Atlanta and Bajon Robinson. I believe that he's going to be the Offensive Rookie of the Year because he's been a turning point for the Falcons because the Falcons needed a running game and a guy that's an all-purpose player. And Bajon Robinson has been that. But let's go ahead and talk about it as well, too, with the quarterback position. Desmond Ritter has played his tail off. He's he's played very good football. He's made he's played mistake free football as well too, and I think that the X factor of the running game has been the thing for the Falcons. But you know, got to give it to MD. He was the one that said it. He liked Bajon Robinson. He liked the draft pick, and Atlanta likes the draft pick. And I'm pretty sure that the running game is going to be what's going to do it for Atlanta. They put points on the board and that's given Desmond Ritter a lot of time, which is another thing because once again, we've talked about is that the presence of a running game has been what has been good for the teams that are at the top. So I look for the Falcons to have continued success. Listen, I, I I'm with you on Bijan Robinson. The, the only problem is Bijan uh, reportedly got sick Saturday night headed into this game I think he played six total snaps in this game. The NFL is now investigating the Falcons on why they did not disclose the illness yep. uh, in the injury report for Bijan Robinson. But to your point, Bijan Robinson on the season, averaging five yards a carry, 404 rushing yards, tacked that along with uh, 189 receiving yards and two scores through the air for Bijan Robinson. The leading receiver, Drake London, has shown, has shown spurts here and there of being that playmaker that I think everybody was, was hoping that tight end Kyle Pitts would be Kyle Pitts. Listen, I still think he's getting wasted away. So. Bijan Robinson's got a lot of yards, but he's not putting a lot of points on the board. Six touchdowns, six interceptions for Drake London. Here's the here's the thing that, that, that kind of trips me out about Atlanta. Yeah, their offense is sort of, as far as scoring and yards, middle of the pack, right? Mm-hmm. I think at seventh in passing yards, 13th in total yards, so, so you know, a, above average. Uh, in total yards, eighth in rushing yards. They are in the top 10 in rushing yards in the league. But you look over at the defense. They are allowing the second fewest yards. Uh, if you're watching watching over on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel, seventh in passing yards allowed, eighth in rushing yards, ninth in points allowed. They are, this is a top 10 defense do the Atlanta Falcons have. And so I think that if, if they're going to be able to hold this position and continue to get better, they're going to have to be this top 10 defense that we kind of expected the Panthers to be mm-hmm. moving forward. But if you can't be efficient uh, on offense with, with the quarterback play now, granted uh, Desmond Ritter's completing 65% of his passes, but when you're not able to finish drives and get it into the end zone, uh, once again, uh, 29th in scoring offense, they're, they're moving the ball, but they're in the bottom four in the league in scoring. They're going to have to find a way to score some points to help out this top 10 defense for the Falcons, or they're going to let somebody come up and, and take that number one spot, especially considering the Falcons sit at four and three, they're almost 500. And the second place team in the NFC South is also a three loss team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who lost to the Atlanta Falcons. I think you would agree. Baker Mayfield has been a pleasant surprise for Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans Eight touchdowns to four interceptions. Again, 65% completing 
uh, completion percentage for him this season. What have you seen from the Bucks this year that, that sort of makes you go, well, we left them for dead. I, I, I guess they're they're better than we expected them to be. Uh, yeah, you know, the thing about it is we really did kind of sleep on Tampa Bay. I know I did. I slept on Tampa Bay because I felt like uh, Baker Mayfield was not the guy because of how he did in Cleveland and how he did in Carolina. And for that matter, what he did in L.A. He had one comeback win in L.A., and that's all he did. Yes, exactly. He won that one game, and there you have it. I mean, he got he got a sign of life after that. Once again, Michael Davis uh, calling Baker Mayfield a bust when we had the out-of-pocket show as well, too. Shout out to MD. Um, but I feel like the success of Baker Mayfield begins and ends with the big man. With the big man. Johnny Manziel's favorite target. Why well, can't I remember his name, Lord Jesus? Why can't I remember his name? Mike Evans. Mike Evans. There we go. He's. It begins and ends with him. He was Brady's guy, and he's Baker Mayfield's guy. I think his continued health is the reason for this Tampa Bay resurgence as well, too. And the fact that Baker Mayfield might be doing a pretty good job of not throwing to the other team as well. And he's got a line, which is another thing. He's got a line. And so that works out and it bodes well for them because Tampa Bay can put points on the board. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they've got the most points. I believe points for in the NFC. I, I, I don't think maybe in the NFC South. In the uh, NFC but South, not in the NFL, no, no, no. Yeah, no. in the NFC South, let's see. It looks like uh, they're second most. They're second scoring most. Okay. in the NFC South. The, the believe it or not, the, the Saints are number one. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. Baker Mayfield, two to one touchdowns to interceptions so far in the season. It's not that hard to play decent quarterback when you've got the Twin Towers and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans Mike. throwing the ball. Yes. Each yes. of these guys have uh, upwards of 400 yards. Godwin just under 400 yards on the season. Uh, Mike Evans, 468 yards, four touchdowns. Godwin has not found the end zone yet this year. The thing that worries me if I'm a Tampa Bay fan is the is the the running the running game. Mm -hmm. um, they are 27th in total yards. So <laughs> despite the, the yards that Baker Mayfield's put up, 1,300 passing yards, almost 1,400 for Baker Mayfield. Um, they are 26, tied for 26th in the NFL in scoring offense. Uh, they are 29th in rushing yards. If you're if you're looking at the ticker across the bottom of the screen over on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio uh, channel, uh, you their re YouTube channel, I, easy for me to say, I didn't even put down Rashad White because his rushing numbers were just so abysmal. Uh, when you have the fourth fewest rushing yards in the league, eventually you are going to be able to get pressure on Baker Mayfield. Now Baker Mayfield has only been sacked eight times this season compared to a whopping twenty that the first place Falcons have given up to Desmond Ritter. Um, so they're like you said, they're protecting him well enough to keep him from from getting sacked. But if you're not going to be able to give him a running game, uh, Baker Mayfield is going to continue to be pressured, and their their opportunity to sort of move up in the division and maybe try to take that division back uh, from the Falcons is going to dwindle. Now, if you look at their defense, they are uh, tied for 18th in total yards allowed. Mm -hmm. They have given up the 27th most. Uh, yeah, the, the the fifth most points, I guess, if you're doing the math. Uh, they they rank 27th in the NFL in 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 passing yards. Um, I'm, I'm trying to let the ticker go across here. Uh, they're they're giving up a lot of a lot of yards on the ground. They're giving up a lot of points. 
Um, so the Buccaneers are going to have to find a way. Uh, once again, you, now you've got eight passing touchdowns, to, eight passing touchdowns from Baker Mayfield on the season. Um, but when you're giving up a lot of yards, both through the air. Now, granted, they're doing a decent job keeping keeping guys from running, keeping teams from running the ball. Tenth in the NFL and rushing yards allowed. They're keeping people out of the end zone. They're keeping teams out of the end zone. Despite the loss to the Falcons, they only gave up 16 points. So they're they're giving up yards, but they're not giving up points. It's that bend don't break defense that makes the Buccaneers uh, sort of look like a formidable defense um, in this league. Well, too, when you talked about the running game, that's going to – I think that, to me, is the reason why I don't give the division to Tampa Bay entirely is because, once again, Atlanta's got a running game to rely on and Tampa Bay does not. Yep. The fact that – but, in but in essence, you also got to look at it as well, too. If you've got two capable receivers like that, who needs a running game? But looking at that as well, too, that could have been the factor of why they didn't win this past week because yep. – Passing game was clicking. They were clicking on the passing game, but the running game was absolutely abysmal. And that's the reason why they were not able to get past Atlanta. So in essence, you need the running game and the defense has been, been don't break, like you said. But if you're not running the ball, even though the running game, even though we're trying to turn this into a passing league, even though Roger Goodell is doing that, is a passing league on down. You're going to have to have some type of running game or some type of hybrid running game via the West Coast offense, which is starting to have a resurgence in almost every offense in the NFL right now with running backs starting to put up receiver-type numbers in the backfield. Yeah, I went ahead and pulled it up while we were talking about uh, Rashad White, the running back for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, averaging 3.2 yards per carry on the ground, 83 carries, 266 yards with a touchdown. He's also lost a fumble this year. Their number two back, their number two rushing leader for this team, Baker Mayfield, 3.5 yards per carry, 28 carries for 99 yards on the season. And he's not a running quarterback, man. Nope. You don't have like you don't have feet like uh, Mahomes. He doesn't have feet like Hurts. Lord, he doesn't even have feet like Aaron Rodgers. No. He's not got a current foot right now because, in fact, he's on the injury. So, I mean, you mean to tell me you're going to have that happen? I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. Another three-loss team out of the NFC South. Uh, let's move over because you talk about not having a running back or a run game. The New Orleans Saints, third place in the NFC South, sitting at three and four. Believe it or not, despite having missed three weeks, your leading rusher for the New Orleans Saints is Alvin Kamara, 261 yards on the ground uh, since his return from suspension. They are 18th in total yards, 12th in passing yards, albeit 22, uh, 22nd in rushing yards, um, and 21st in scoring offense. Listen, Derek Carr was brought in uh, to, to make up for what... Jameis Winston and uh, why can I say the Red Rocket uh, are the backup here in Carolina. Um, Andy Dalton uh, could do in New Orleans. Six touchdowns, four interceptions for Derek Carr. He's been banged up this year. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about sacks a lot. 18 sacks. Not good. For, for Derek Carr. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they've got a star receiver in Chris Olave, 471 uh, receiving yards on the season. What do you see out of the Saints sitting with four losses here that makes you think they might have a shot to, to make a comeback here within the next two-thirds of the season and, and, and compete for this NFC South division? 
out of these three teams right here, the Saints don't overly impress me a lot because I don't like the way the line plays. The fact that they've had to bring in Jameis after Derek Carr has been banged up and hurt, it scares me. But if I got to find a bright spot, the bright spot would have to be the fact that Alvin Kamara is alive and well. That to me is the biggest thing. When he was when he was missing, now on the other hand, he was missing in action. The Saints were thriving, but they weren't perpetual. They didn't have the that balance. Uh, yeah, they didn't. That's and that, and that's what did it. Although they are 18th, you say 18th in rushing yards. I would say, um, well, yeah, 18th. Well, 18th in total yards, 22nd in yes. rushing yards. So yeah, I mean, but that's because they're playing catch up in the running game is what yeah. it is. But, you know, you were without your best back. Um, Derek Carr can still play, but the old added that you can't complete a pass when a quarterback is on his back. So I I would have to say that the only bright spot for me with the Saints is Alvin Kamara is there, and he's back. Look, listen, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, I'm, I'm going to see Alvin Kamara and raise you the defense. Yes. Uh, just, just about a top 10 defense. If you've been watching the ticker go across the screen over on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel, uh, they are giving up the third fewest total yards in the NFL. I believe they're giving up the 12th most yards or the 12th fewest yards uh, in the NFL on the ground. Um, they are a top 10 passing yard defense. I believe is number seven. I could be wrong. Uh, and they're they're getting the third, the third total yards allowed, um, the third fewest total yards allowed, fourth in passing yards, 12th in rushing yards, again, if you're watching across the ticker. And when it comes to points, seventh fewest points allowed in the NFL. So sitting at three and four seems sort of like one of those, like, this team is better than that three and four record, uh, you know, shows. And I think as the season goes along and you see the rest of the NFC South develop, uh, and sort of come into frame here because you've got three teams sitting in the one, two, three spots, all with three losses. This division is really anybody's to get, except for perhaps the Carolina Panthers, the last place in the division, the last winless team in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young, 63% completion in his rookie season, under a thousand yards, six touchdowns, four interceptions. Thankfully, he's got guys like Adam Thielen and Chuba Hubbard to sort of take some of the pressure off of him. Adam Thielen having a resurgence here in Carolina after a couple seasons sort of falling to the wayside in Minnesota. 509 receiving yards, 10.4 average per reception for Adam Thielen. And then Chuba Hubbard, which we may or may not be able to get to later in the show, your leading running back for this offense, averaging 4.5 yards per carry, 242 yards on the ground. He's also got 13 catches, 59 yards on the season. Uh, listen, I, I mentioned that obviously the Panthers are 0-6, but my math tells me that they're only about three games away from making this division competitive. They came back last season, albeit a game away from beating Tampa Bay, uh, in the in in week seventeen last week last season that if they had won they would have been in the playoffs they probably wouldn't have gotten the number one overall pick and we wouldn't be where we are uh, if you look at defense eighteenth in total yards allowed ninth in passing yards they are giving up a lot of a lot of yards on the ground thirty first uh, in rushing defense and then tied for thirty first in points allowed they are giving up a lot of yards on the ground a lot of points 
are the defense giving up? What do we need to see out of the Carolina Panthers for them to be able to make this historic comeback to give them an opportunity to win this division? Because I don't think that you're making the playoffs out of the NFC South unless you win this division. Yeah, that is true. And what Carolina has to do, which is hopefully we'll get to this talking point or get onto this talking point later on in the show, is getting in the end zone. It's got to be done no matter how you do it. I don't care how you do it. I'm pretty sure you don't care how it's done, Ryan. Nope. But all, all the fans are wanting Carolina to get into the end zone. And that is the key to doing it. Now, they've had their injuries. They've had their their um, shortcomings with the offense. But this time around, I think it's starting to click because we've seen signs of light in the Miami game. And I think that they're trying to mold it together. And this bye week is going to be crucial and very, very important into how they get the ball into the end zone. It's got to be done. They have to do it. I'm, the defense has been something that's been preached about and beloved. And one of the staples of Carolina football has been the defense in the past few years. That's one of the things that has to be understood is that Carolina's defense has been a hard-hitting defense over the past 10 years, although there have been times where the offense has been above it, the defense has been something that has been a staple. You know, to keep pounding name came from a defensive player for Carolina. So let's not forget here, but once again, at the end of the day, you got to put points on the board, hands down. Yeah, listen, when you rank 23rd in total yards, 23rd in scoring offense, do the Carolina Panthers in the NFL, it's hard to believe that there are, there are nine teams scoring fewer points than the 0-6 Carolina Panthers, but mm -hmm. there are. So that, like you said, they're going to have to find a way to keep this offense rolling, find a way to close out drives and get into the end zone if they are going to try to make this historic comeback to come back and win this division. Because again, you're not going to make the playoffs out of the NFC South unless you win the division. you got a lot of really good teams in the NFC between the Eagles, the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Lions, the Vikings look all of a sudden formidable. The Seahawks, there are too many good teams outside of the NFC South that, that tells me that you're going to have to win this division. Mm -hmm. Now, we talked about offense. We talked about getting the offense, taking that next step, being able to close out drives and find the end zone. In this bye week, Frank Wright handed play calling over to offensive coordinator Thomas Brown. We talked about Thomas Brown last week on the show. Went through his resume, did a lot, has done a lot of work with running backs, a lot of work with tight ends. Um, I'm hoping we're going to be able to get to the next topic before, before we close out the show because it seems to me that Thomas Brown is the type of guy who is going to run his offense through the run game with as much, which, with as much experience he has dealing with running backs. What do you think this offense is going to look like under Thomas Brown? Well, before I get into that, let me answer that with a comment that we got on the last show, and that's from uh, Gillian uh, Granham. Uh, Hopefully I got that right. Gillian Granham, 1978. Give a shout-out to that person I'm saying there because, hey, I have a unisex first name, so people think they're talking to a woman. I speak. So with that being said, I'm paraphrasing what was said. Coach Reich took a new team, a quarterback that wasn't prepared, for the speed of the NFL and did the play calling himself. And he uh, did he did what good coaches did. 
and shouldered the blame by doing the play calling with this untested team. He called safe plays because the line was bad and Bryce needed to adjust to the speed of the game. Bryce is now coming along. Enter Thomas Brown. The first half of the Miami game may have been his design, Thomas Brown meaning, but Coach Reich had to test it himself and see if it works. So pretty much, in essence, Coach Reich sacrificed himself for his rising star offensive coordinator because we've heard words like genius being thrown around, offensive guru being thrown around in regards to Thomas Brown. So what I want to see is that running game actually do something. Chuba Hubbard had 88 yards and a touchdown, a sign of life for that offense, and Bryce was starting to go downfield a little more. So if Thomas Brown is what he's doing, if what he's doing was that design of that Miami game, we might see a little more out of this offense. I think that the running game will have to be uh, plugged in. It'll have to be because there needs to be a balanced attack. So I'm thinking that we're going to see a little more Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, I, I think we're going to get a little more creativity. I think he's going to open up the playbook a little more. They started opening up the playbook in that in that first quarter against Miami and yes. went up 14 nothing. And then it yep. felt like they took their foot off the gas. You can't do that with an offense like the Miami Dolphins have. Um, and then obviously when you get behind, you give up 35 unanswered. Uh, you're going to have to adjust the, the, the gameplay, uh, adjust the play calling to try to stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. And the Carolina Panthers couldn't do it. I'd like to see Thomas Brown again. The Carolina Panthers, when they have been most successful, have had a solid, efficient, effective game running the football. Whether it was uh, Stephen Davis in the early 2000s, whether it was D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart, shout out uh, to to Jay Stu over on Dez's show. Uh, Yeah, Believe in Panthers podcast. Uh, You can find it on the Tobacco Road uh, Sports Radio's uh, uh, YouTube channel, and you can find it over on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. Um, but you know, when you have those guys being able to run the football efficiently, uh, your the offense has clicked, um, and, and you've been able to, to set up the pass through the run, set up the play action through the run. And I think you're going to have to be able to do that in order to get some, some creativity and excitement out of this offense, which is something we have not seen since the Cam Newton days when he was in his prime, this offense has struggled mightily since Cam Newton went down with an ankle injury and a shoulder injury. Uh, And so it'll be interesting to see what Thomas Davis can call, or I'm sorry, Thomas Brown can call this weekend against uh, the Houston Texans. But I mentioned shoulder surgery. I mentioned running backs. There's a question that needs to be be talked about. Miles Sanders dealing with a shoulder surgery, did not play against Miami, and Chuba Hubbard was the recipient of, of... Yards. He was a recipient of, of, of plays being called uh, for Chuba Hubbard. Despite out carrying Chuba Hubbard on the season, 61 carries, 190 yards for Miles Sanders. Of two, two fumbles lost by Miles Sanders with a touchdown. He's also got 81 yards through the air. If you look at Chuba Hubbard's numbered, uh, numbers, 4.5 yards per carry, 242 yards on 54 carries uh, with a touchdown. He's also got 59 yards through the air. It seems like even though there was one drive in the end of one of the games where Chuba Hubbard was getting force-fed the ball from Andy Dalton uh, towards an end of a game, uh, Miles Sanders has still been more effective through the air. I, I posed this question last week because I wanted to know what your thoughts were on whether or not it was time for Carolina to move on from Miles Sanders. 
Now, granted, we don't know what the what the future holds for for Miles Sanders this week because of his shoulder shoulder injury. Um, they're optimistic uh, about what he can still bring to the table. They gave him a lot of money in the offseason. Who who should be the number one running back for the Carolina Panthers moving forward? Well, I'm a firm believer in giving it to the hot hand. So I think until Miles Sanders shows that he is healthy, Chuba Hubbard's got to be where you're going. I mean, he had a very good game against Miami. And I think that you had to go with the hot hand. It makes it makes sense. Um, they talked to Frank Reich. You know, the press talked to Frank Reich about where he stood with this. And Frank Reich did the smart thing. He didn't say yay or nay. He said, we love, we love Miles. We love him. But Chuba had success. So we're going to see, which is the smart move. But the way I look at it, I don't think Miles Sanders is completely done. And yes, you paid him a good chunk of money, but you got to go with results on this one. Got to go with Chuba. Chuba has been more effective with the with the fewer opportunities that he's had. Um, I I hate that they that Miles Sanders has not been who they wanted him to be. I'm hoping that if they can open up this playbook and Miles Sanders can get healthy, then Miles Sanders can return to form and be that running back that he was for the Philadelphia Eagles last season and show everybody why he deserved this, this, this paycheck that he got from the Carolina Panthers uh, for the rest of the season. Speaking of the rest of the season, we are in it. Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff, the Houston Texans, a three-point favorite at the Carolina Panthers. We get a matchup between the number one and the number two overall picks in this year's NFL draft. Matter of fact, the number one versus the number two and three picks in the NFL draft when we see Bryce Young take on C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. The Texans, a surprisingly sneaky team. Um, and I don't know why I can't say his name. Their, their new head coach, uh, is it D'Amico Ryans? D'Amico Ryans? D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans. Uh, he <laughs> has done an incredible job with a team that many people thought was going to continue to be the worst team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Albeit, the 0-6 Panthers are a three-point home dog. Shannon, do you think the Carolina Panthers can pull this out? and get the upset over the Texans at home? You know what? I think it's going to be a new-look Panthers coming out of the bye week, and I think they do it. I think they do it at the very last nine seconds. I think it's going to be seven points. I think the Panthers can do it. I mean, this is going to be a good setup. It's a good matchup of one and two. I think Carolina gets it done. Listen, I'm right there with you. I'm, I don't know if I've ever said this. I'm the ultimate optimist with this Panthers team. They're 0-6. But there, there is room for improvement. There is room for growth. And I'm not going to give up on a team after one season, albeit as of right now, they've given the Chicago Bears the number one overall pick in next year's draft. But I think that changes this week. I think the Panthers might get their first win this coming weekend. Shannon, we're up against it. Anybody you want to shout out before we, uh, before we sign off tonight? Actually, I do. I want to shout out my mom and dad, Greg and Darlene Smith. My mom is still reeling over that Dolphins loss. My pops, one of the biggest Panthers fans that I know, my man, Mr. Dillinger, who I had dinner with, and we talked about who was going to win the NFC South. And also to Burning Gundam 77, who said that we need a real fan as part of this show. I know he was giving me a, giving me a kick in the face. So this one's for you. 
Listen, I wear a Panthers jersey. Every, this is the first time on the show that I have not worn Panthers gear. This is a Greenville hat, uh, <laughs> my home location. So we've got plenty of real fans. Yes. Now, if we, bring Mike, if we bring Michael Davis back on the show, I don't know if he's – I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. <laughs> um, no, Shannon, this has been fun once again. If you want to go find me on my other show, uh, you can go to Twitter at Tapouts and TDs, Facebook.com slash Tapouts and Touchdowns. Again, wrestling shows on Mondays. We do a live football show Wednesday nights over on Facebook.com slash Tapouts and Touchdowns or our YouTube channel, uh, uh, YouTube, I guess, dot com slash Tapouts and Touchdowns. You spell it out. And you can come and, and be a part of the show. We always love the interaction. And uh, and we talk a lot of fantasy football over there. Uh, so come find me over on social media. But until then, you may now exit the cat cave. But make sure you listen to more content on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel and more Carolina Panthers-themed podcasts on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. For Shannon Smith, I'm Ryan Frick, and we'll see you next week right back here in the cat cave. Panthers.